Thank you. Awesome. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, welcome to Glory City Prophetic School. It's so lovely to have you with us this evening. I hope you're dry and safe and happy. Um, it's so good to have you here this evening. Our friends online, um, obviously you're here immediately now, but um, have no fear. Uh, Nick and Sarah will be joining you later on to lead you in your activations tonight, and we're um, so pleased to have you with us, and I hope you're um, staying safe as well wherever you're watching from. Um, and if you couldn't be in the building tonight, we're very pleased to have you online as well. We're, we are in for a really good night. Um, I'm excited because the Lord always has something prepared for those who position them, themselves to receive. Um, and so well done for positioning yourself again this week and coming out um, in the rain too. So God bless you for that. You're amazing. Well done. Now, can I, by a show of hands, who practiced their prophetic this week? Unreal. Oh, even if it was just a little bit, if it was more than usual, or if you would just gave your attention more to, th who gave them their attention to things more readily than perhaps they usually did? Awesome. Who felt more aware of, oh, wow, I think that might be God speaking to me. Awesome. That's exciting. Well done. We're going to have lots more opportunity um, to do so. And I actually um, took a photo of the happy plant for you uh, this week. And so next week I'll have my before and after. Um, so you can see her. She um, had a nice drink, a long drink um, this past weekend. But I thought I took a photo and I thought I must show you. So I'll definitely do that um, next week. I'll try to remember. Try my best. So um, we are, like I said, excited about tonight because this is one of my very, very favorite topics around the prophetic. Obviously, I love the functionality of the prophetic and how easy it is to be activated in hearing the voice of God. Um, but one of my favorite things is to talk about why and how we have access and to who he is and, to, and why prophetic is for today. So let's pray and um, we'll get right on into it. Father, I thank you, Lord, that... You're here with us tonight. And I ask Holy Spirit for oh, an awakening, Father, to who you are tonight, an awakening further unto your voice. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, just that we would hear in ways we haven't heard before, even see in ways we haven't seen before, understand in ways we haven't understood. And I thank you, Father, that your desire is entirely for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? And everyone said... Amen. Amen. So good to have you again. I keep saying that, but um, I'm like, thanks for hanging out with me on my birthday. Uh, <laughs> this is like my party tonight. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, seriously. I was like, they're like, oh, do you want to teach on your birthday? I was like, yes. Oh my gosh. Let me add them. It's one of my favorite things to do. So this is such a joy for me. So thanks for having me. I've definitely um, treated myself very kindly today. So it's been good. So today, <clears throat> we're talking about um, biblical basis for prophecy and um, more to the point, what influences how we prophesy and why we prophesy. And in your notes, you will have this statement that there's two ways that influence the, um, the way we prophesy. Firstly, who we believe the Father to be and secondly, how we interpret the Word of God. And we talked a little bit last week about knowing that God is on your side and that he is for you. 
um, that he's not an angry kid on an anthill ready to smite you, but it's actually that he loves the world, he loves people. And as we partake of his great love for us, that's the lens that will filter all the revelation through that we prophesy to others with, right? Is everyone with me? Yes. Great. Wonderful. Awesome. And so tonight, like I said, we're going to lean into um, how we interpret the Word of God. So the two things that influence how we prophesy is what we believe about the Father and how we interpret the Word of God. So I want to talk about rightly dividing the Word tonight. Rightly dividing the Word. Understanding the covenants. And don't worry, it's not particularly heavy. Um, It's actually really beautiful and empowering to understand. Um, And so if you look um, at the Old Testament, you'll see um, regularly, particularly in 1 Kings and 2 Kings and Judges, 1 and 2 Chronicles, um, the life of a prophet was very much um, a man of God or a woman who was highly sought after, particularly by a king. Um, they would often be in, inquire of the man of God or ask for the man of God or, or, or they would seek, send messages out to find a man of God or there is a man of God in this place or in this city. And they would go and look for them um, because they had a very important role. <laughs> and that is that they would hear the voice of God and instruct the king. And they would, the role they took on was that of a mediator, really, one that would hear on a behalf of someone else and then deliver a message. And so we see this time and time again when um, Deborah in Judges 4 summons Barak, says, come to, he comes to her, she gives him a message and instructs him to go to war. And of course, we know it's a great story um, that they were victorious over, over um, Jabin and Sisera. And so um, the role is very much, I will hear for you and deliver the message from God on your behalf. There is one or a few who are appointed to hear. They're the ones that we go to. They're the ones we hear through and we respond um, as they hear from God on our behalf. The role of the prophet, right, in the Old Testament. And so they were held in high regard, even sometimes more than a king. Um, And again, they they would anoint the king, right? Um, And so it's they really acted as this mediator between God and man, God and people. And um, you even see like um, Samuel anointing Saul also then became Saul's prophet. Um, And then um, David, of course, had Samuel and then Nathan. And then Solomon had Nathan as well as a prophet. And so you can even see the generations um, that moved together, the king and the prophet, um, to, to lead Israel, to lead the people. Um, And then, of course, before you know this, I hope, um, that before there were kings in Israel, they had judges. And the judges were also prophets who guided Israel. And Deborah is an example of one of those. Um, And even before then, um, there was Moses who heard from God on behalf of the people And what I love about what we see in the life of Moses compared to the other prophets is that we hear the divine desire of God for intimacy with people Um, in Exodus 33, 11. um, It says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And then in Numbers 12, 6 to 8, he said, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. 
He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth, clearly and not in riddles. And he beholds the form of the Lord. And so we see like this type and, and, and desire of God in his relationship with Moses to know people in intimacy, face to face, mouth to mouth. He beholds the form of the Lord as opposed to an individual taking orders and and relaying messages. There was an intimacy that Moses walked in hundreds and hundreds of years ago um, before Jesus. And and he was a type of, uh, uh, for us to look at a model of, oh, wow, this is the heart of God towards people, to come close, (laughs) to know them in intimacy and to know them well. Um, And there's two things that stand out. Now, so now we're going to like, Okay, does everyone understand the role of the prophet in the Old Testament? Excellent. All right, now we're going to fast forward into the New Covenant. And there are two things that stand out when it comes to prophets. Firstly, the abiding Holy Spirit. That's pretty major. None of the prophets of old possessed the Spirit continually. He would come upon them to deliver a message and then depart, right? Um, But of course, what do we know? He would come upon them, but he didn't abide in them. But that was the promise of the new covenant, part of the promise. Um, And even in, again, in Numbers 11, 29, Moses said, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and the Lord would put his spirit on them. So even Moses recognized, even in the intimacy that he carried and partook of, that the Spirit comes upon the prophets to prophesy. That is in um, Numbers eleven twenty nine, And he was craving that, like, like, Lord, put your Spirit on everyone. Let them all be able to prophesy. Hmm. Sorry, it just gets me super, like I can see my notes and so I just get really excited before I read them. (laughs) I'm like, John 20, verse 20 to 22, Jesus says, and he puts his hands upon them. And and I'm sorry. Oh, I'm getting myself confused. Okay, John 20, verse 20 to 22, he shows them his hands on his sides and then he says to them, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so am I sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. And then, woo, glorious Pentecost, Acts chapter two, the Spirit was available to all who desired to all who would receive them. He lived within us, them within us, permanently, continually, available at all times to all believers. I haven't read it just for sake of time tonight, but I hope you're familiar with the story, the sound. Jesus says, go and wait for my spirit and the sound of mighty rushing waters comes through and then tongues of fire and they begin to speak in other tongues and they possess the power of the Holy Spirit and thousands are added to their number that day. The power of the abiding spirit. Who are these men? Who are these men who've just been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit? The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, lives in me. And it's out of that power that we're enabled to prophesy, a continual power of the Holy Spirit. And some people ask, um, and we'll do questions at the end, but some people are like, oh, but if the Holy Spirit's in me, at sometimes He also comes upon me, and it's true. 
So we have the abiding Holy Spirit. Um, but who has felt like at times like they know like the Spirit comes upon them and it becomes missional? Right? Yes, excellent. So I remember last week we talked about the days ordained, or maybe that was an academy class. I apologize, it was academy class, but we talked about the Spirit coming upon you for like a mission, an anointing. So you have the abiding Holy Spirit, but then like the Spirit of prophecy comes and it's like, right? And you shift and move things and release destiny and angels. Is this making any sense? I feel like I'm going a little bit fast. So I'll slow it down a little bit because we've got lots of time, praise God. I just get excited. Okay, so the abiding Holy Spirit is now available to all. That's the difference, the major difference. The Spirit would come upon the prophets to prophesy in the Old Testament, but now we have the indwelling God with us, that we as sons and daughters have the ability just to pull on any time we need it, not in like an um, in like we're using him, him, like I'm going to just pull upon it whenever I want. But, we're actually, but we have access to gain understanding from the Spirit at any time. We have access to gain insight. You right now have access to all genius, wisdom, creativity, invention, infinite wisdom and understanding abides in you. That's why it says in Ephesians that you can do exceedingly abundantly beyond all you can ask, hope, or imagine according to his power at work in us, in you. He abides in you. Sometimes we posture ourselves a lot like this when we just need to do that. (laughs) They're both good, but it's within you. Glorious. God with us. (laughs) All righty. The second big difference, obviously, um, in the new covenant, when it comes to making a mistake, the works of Jesus, through the works of Jesus, um, payment and punishment was made for sin. He fulfilled all righteousness. He fulfilled the law and the prophets, right? He atoned for our failures and our mistakes. And therefore, in the new covenant, if someone gives an incorrect prophecy, we take responsibility for it. We own it. My bad. I apologize. But we ask and we just ask for forgiveness and we just try again because love restores. And so back in the day in the old covenant, if you made a mistake or if you sinned, as you know, there was great punishment for it, probably your life. And so you can know here that this is a really safe place to practice your prophetic. Obviously, we want to be real like sharp shooters. Like your girl, I don't plan on getting it wrong, right? We want to be skilled craftsmen. We want to do a really wonderful job at hearing well and, and practice well. However, if we miss a detail or if our timing of something is incorrect, again, it doesn't make you like a fault. Like some people I've met, like they're so afraid of getting it wrong and they think that they'll somehow do irreparable damage or I don't know, they like cast themselves out or cut themselves off somehow that they don't even want to take a risk and prophesy by faith. And I want to encourage you that um, you need not be afraid If you're willfully trying to damage or manipulate someone, that's totally different. And we don't do that. If I really like, and I used this example last week, if I really like Jack's Ohio hoodie, and I'm like, oh, 
you know, it's just in my heart and I see him. I'm like, wow, Jack, that, oh, I just feel like um, uh, perhaps you have lots of hoodies. And I don't know if there's one in particular. Don't do this. I don't know if there's one in particular, though, that perhaps um, the Lord is leading you to give away. Maybe I, I see like an Ohio or an O. I see an O. Um, and I don't know if there's like a woman in your church perhaps maybe close to you, one of your teachers who would really like one of those jerseys. No, naughty. That would be manipulation, right? That would be like using, I mean, that didn't take any spiritual insight. I just looked at him and coveted what he had, right? Um, not that I'm doing that. I'm, I'm quite happy with mine. Thank you. Um, but we don't use it to manipulate. We don't use it for selfish gain. We don't use it to try and get our own way. Uh, it, it's hard when... Uh, who finds it hard to pray, prophesy over people they love? I find it extremely difficult sometimes when your heart is so for them and they're making a decision, a big life decision, and you're like, oh my gosh, I just want you to stay in, down the road from me. Guess what's going to influence how I prophesy when they're like, do you think you could ask the Lord if it's, if it, if it's like the right timing? I feel like we're meant to move. Can you ask the Lord? And I'm like oh, I really just would love them to stay. And oh my gosh, they help me with the kids. And maybe it's just not the right time. And see how, how, what, how I feel can influence how I prophesy. And so it's really important um, that we are looking through the lens of love. Love for people. That was a little bit of a tangent, but it's, it's true. Um, and so we, we definitely don't want to use the spirit to coerce or manipulate or have things go our own way. We don't do that here. And if I can lovingly and respectfully say I won't have it here ever. Okay, great. That's settled then. Now, (laughs) so just as we're safe to receive or reject a prophetic word as far as um, weighing a word goes, you're also... um, free to, to, to make mistakes. That's how you learn. And also, it's actually very helpful because I don't know about you, there's like a, I know what his so- voice sounds like. You know how I talked about Jesse last week and recognizing his voice because I've been in conversation for many years with him? So if I'm learning and I go, all right, I, th- I think this is the voice of God and I say it and it's bang on, right? That's really good to take that risk and practice because then when Patrick says, yes, that was exceptional, I go, ah, that's what he sounds like. Because then if I get another word, right, and I say to Ben, Ben, this is what I'm hearing, la, la, la. And Ben's like, um, maybe some of it, yeah, it was really encouraging, but the details I'm not too sure about. And I can kind of then go, oh, well, actually, that accent was a little different. Or just the way I moved felt differently. It's, excuse me, it's, hard, it's, it's not hard to explain, but when you practice it and when you do it, you'll understand what I mean. Because then it actually gives me information of like, oh, that's what he sounds like. How cool is that? I'm like, oh, that's what love sounds like. That's what his kindness and his nature towards this person sounds like. And so I just take the same path, right? You can like believe big and bold, of course, when we're listening for people, but there is like a well-tread path that I've marked out with the Lord when it comes to prophecy into his voice. And so I know when I'm on the path because I've been here before. And so the only way that happens is through 
practice, through taking risks. The words is that we prophesy by faith. And so the only way you can do it is by doing it, taking a risk, getting feedback, asking people. That's why we love feedback here. Like, did that resonate with you? Did that make sense? Even when I get up and prophesy, still, um, in, a, in a public place, I will, after I hop down, I will say to people, trusted friends, did that make sense? Did I communicate this effectively? Or like, could you even understand what I was saying or did I go too fast? <laughs> I'm still working on that one. So we want to be like as effective as possible for people. And so there's nothing wrong with like having a go. It's not a fault. It doesn't make you a false prophet. Everyone say after me, I'm not a false prophet. I'm a child of God learning to hear the voice of my father. And it's so easy and it's so natural for you because you've been hearing his voice all along. And as we learned last week, um, that's why you're here. <laughs> So cool. So that being said, <laughs> there is also a weight of responsibility, isn't there, that comes with releasing a prophetic word when you're saying, like, I am saying this on behalf of God. Like, ooh, you, you want to be careful with the people he loves. Like there's a, like a whole, it's a fear of the Lord of like, God, I thank you that you're so for this person and you love them with an everlasting love. You died for them. So I want to love them well as I release this word to them. And that all will keep you in good stead. I feel like love and obedience are really good um, lanes, markers for us to stay inside. If you remain in love and obedience, you remain really safe and you remain really effective. Because you hear what he says and you obey and it's within the realms of love. So it's going to always be for their good and be for their gain. Amen? Oh, that's a good word. Someone should. No, I'm like, someone should listen to this. No, you are. Okay. Um, and so that's the second thing. Okay, so number one, we have the abiding Holy Spirit. And number two, um, we're free from condemnation if we make a mistake. It's an opportunity just to learn again, right? Like how many toddlers say words wrong a thousand times over and just listen and listen to you speak to replicate what they hear till they get it right. Oh, that's a good analogy. I like that one. Just thinking of my little Harry, you know? Woo. And you can understand a language that... No one else can. <laughs> and so don't worry, you just keep speaking and they'll understand and you'll hear clearly and you'll represent what he's saying, represent what he says very well. Now, there is something that uh, some of you might be going, yeah, but what about this? And so I'm going to touch on something. I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but it is important and I want to address it. And that is judgment prophecy. Or prophecy that is judgment in nature. And if, obviously, um, the book of Revelation has lots of prof prophetic words that are judgmental in nature. And I'm not going to address those tonight. Um, but based on the character of God that I know and what I've gained from the Gospels and the Epistles, judgment is not for today. 
and nor is it our duty um, or our responsibility to give them to an individual, a city, or to a nation. There will be a day of judgment, but it's not today, and it's not our job. Yes, we operate seated with Christ in heavenly places, and we can release um, a, a, like a, a proclamation on earth as it is in heaven, and some people would say, well, that's a judgment. That's not the kind of judgment I'm talking about. That would be a beautiful alignment, wouldn't it? A, a plumb line being released from the heart of God. Love it. Live for it. Do it every day. But Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to seek and save all who were lost. And I think when people get a bit confused with judgment or if someone introduces themselves to you as a judgment prophet, <laughs> my suggestion would just be that they don't yet know the depth of his great love for them. And it doesn't mean that we're unaware um, that there's an enemy of our souls, but it does mean that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places and that there's always a solution and his heart is so entirely for mankind. And so we don't do judgment prophecies here, condemnation prophecies here. Nope, nope, nope. But there's always, I'll answer questions at the end, there's always a solution. There's always a way out. He even says, um, when you're tempted, he will always provide a way out for you. So if someone's experiencing a difficulty, it's not the heart of God for them. Nope, his will is to prosper them, not to harm them, to give them a hope and a future. If you can't see it in the life of Jesus, don't call it the Father. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus said to the disciples, Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Colossians tells us that he's God, like expressed. The expressed image of the invisible God is seen in the man, Jesus Christ. So if you can't see it in the life of the Son, don't attach it to the character's to the Father's character or nature because I never saw Jesus tell someone that it was better for them to stay in their affliction, it was better for them to stay in their sin, that they were suffering because of something that someone else had done and that it was better for them to remain sick. I never saw him release judgment to someone and even when he had the opportunity to, to the woman caught in the act of adultery, let he who has who is without sin, cast the first stone, he qualified. He was the only person there without sin. And what did he do? He picked her up and he admonished her to live a better way. He pointed the way out for her. He didn't condemn her, but said to her, he exhorted her to go and sin no more. The problem is very much in front of him, right? He didn't speak to the problem but he showed her a better way to live. Put dignity on her, covered her sin. <laughs> Guess what we do? Same thing. If someone's in a lifestyle of sin, me telling them they're in a lifestyle of sin isn't actually going to help them get free from sin. What a waste of time. People already feel bad about themselves. They don't need your help. Give them an answer. Point the way out. Prophets are about your freedom. The prophetic is about your freedom. And seeing you set free. Go and sin no more. Neither do I condemn you. Okay? Awesome. Awesome. 
So if someone, like I said, is a judgment prophet, you would question what they believe about the character of God because that influences how we prophesy, what we believe about the Father. Remember the angry kid on the anthill? He's a loving God. He stooped down to make us great. The word says in the Passion Translation. Isn't that beautiful? You stooped down to make me great. Amazing. So... A word of warning. <laughs> I'm like, I was going to be brief on that, but it took a little bit of time. But I feel like it needs to be addressed because there's been going, a lot going on in the world in the last few years, and I feel like things have become a little bit unclear on that topic in the prophetic. And so we're just holding it up to the, to the Bible, to the mirror of who God says we are, and we live accordingly. Okay? So then words of warning. Right? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus Christ, but there's still a ramification for sin. Okay? So I'm not saying there's not. Um, so, but it's a word of warning versus judgment would be like this. And I wrote this about this in my book. Um, if you continue in this lifestyle, let me read it for you because I don't want to get it wrong. Okay, so a word of warning versus a word of judgment would be, if you continue in this lifestyle, you're going to do damage to yourself and potentially to others. And this is what the Father has for you. A word of judgment says, I'm going to hit you in the head and give you brain damage and do damage to you. If you continue in this lifestyle, I'm going to do damage to you. That's what judgment says. Warning says, hey, that's not good for you. And if you keep carrying on that day, you're gonna, where you're going to hurt yourself and you're going to hurt others, let's live differently. As opposed to, I'm going to inflict punishment upon you if you keep doing that. See the difference? So warning's actually very helpful. It's loving. It's kind. I, most of the warning words I get come in dreams. And I'm so grateful. Like, I'm so grateful feel like, oh, wow, thank you, God. Like, I didn't see that. That was like you protecting us or looking after us. Or even like when you just know in your Noah, ah, this is just not God, this is just not a good idea. That's the Lord being kind to you. He doesn't let you continue on and then go, see, I told you so. That's not kind. (laughs) And he is kind. Is this making sense? So even, again, even if I get red flags over someone, I prophesy the answer. And especially what we're learning at school, let's commit to doing that. Sounds good? Yeah? Okay, like it's so easy to see what the enemy's doing and it's even easier to see what God's doing because he always has a redemptive plan. Always, always, always. Always. So you can see it too. And in fact, and here's one for you. I'd like to suggest if you have a tendency to look for the dirt in other people's lives, perhaps that's the way you look at yourself too. And if that's the case, dear friend, there's more. What a wonderful opportunity for you to receive more of his great love for you. I'm not talking about this now. I'm talking about this experientially know the love of God for you. So change the way that you operate. 
and change your filtering system, right? <laughs> Filter it through love and hope, not judgment and condemnation. Because that's who the Father is, right? It's like, oh my gosh, it sounds too good to be true. Like it is, like beyond anything you can comprehend, isn't it? And so the best thing then to do is just like a little child, receive in humility something you could never earn and just, thanks. All right, I'll have that. I have to beat myself up or burst blood vessels in prayer trying to get a prophetic word. I just let him love me. And when I know how much I've been loved, oh, I know how much Patrick has been loved, right? He who's been forgiven much loves much. <laughs> has anyone been forgiven much? Whew. It just makes it so easy to love people and a joy to love people. Oh, I love the prophetic. It's awesome. He's so good. Awesome. All right. Now, check this out. So like, let's look at it on a practical level then, right? Um, the, the judgment warning concept. Here we go. Acts eleven twenty eight to 30. One of them named Agabus stood up and through the spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. So Agabus gets up, he prophesies, and right here it tells us it happened that there was indeed a famine across the entire Roman world. And the disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift by the el- to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Hey, there's going to be a famine. What are we going to do? It was, well, each of us, as we're able to, let's send them help. Like, how can we love our brothers and sisters? Like, let's send them support. Let's help them through this. Right? They didn't respond like this. So there's going to be a famine throughout the entire Roman world. The brothers and sisters in Judea. Tell you what, like, I knew it. There's some sin going on over there. Like, this is obviously the judgment of God for their failure. Like, all the best, Judea. We'll stay over here in our happy little bubble and, you, like, see on the other side of the famine. No way. No way. Our biblical example was that when a natural disaster came to them, they joined together and said, what can we do to help? How can we serve them? They didn't sit there and pile judgment and condemnation and throw stones at their brothers and sisters, but they served them instead at their own cost. So what influences how we prophesy? (laughs) What we believe about the Father and how we interpret the love of God, the Word of God, sorry. How we let it influence how we respond to others is so, so important. Have you ever met, actually I won't say that. You want to be known as someone who gives hope to people when you prophesy. And you also want to be known as someone who is very good at what they do. And if you build a track record, first and foremost, for love and hope and joy and exhortation, edification, comfort, 
And then you have a track record also for being good at what you do, for being, giving accurate words to people. Very quickly, you'll have a lot of people asking you to pray for them. And what a joy to just love people like that. What a gift prophecy is. I think sometimes we don't realize just how much if people like, oh, how much a word can shift and change someone's day or their perspective for a season. Even like, has anyone, all right, been on like the precipice of just feeling like they were going to give up and then received a prophetic word and it just set you on course to believe again? Has that ever happened to anyone? Hands real high. Look around. That's awesome. That's the power of the prophetic word. And we can also remind ourselves and use the word to, words that we've been given from the Lord to encourage our own hearts to believe again. Prophesy over yourself. Who here prophesies over themselves? Excellent, me too. I love it. It's the same spirit. And I love me. So like, come on, Lord, birthday prophecy, lay it on. Why not? <laughs> it's awesome. Okay, so in conclusion, <laughs> in conclusion, and I'm, I'm going to make time for questions and we're going to do some really good activations tonight. I love our activations and you all did such a good job last week. I'm so proud of you. It was wonderful, wonderful. Um, so we're going to get more in. Um, so in conclusion, it's important that we understand the covenant that we now live in. And that the Holy Spirit is available to anyone who believes. And the voice of God is the birthright. The birthright of every believer. I would love to say of every human being. Who has heard stories about like people who hear his voice before they've even given their lives to him? Right? Testimony after testimony. And I even shared last week my daughter Lucy. He came to her in a dream before she ever asked him to accepted him into her heart before anyone told her how. And so he has this ability, the spirit does. He just loves these children. And I, just a a fun quick testimony. I um, have a podcast called The Happy Prophet Podcast. And it's about hearing the voice of God. And right at the beginning, uh, okay, so back in the day, I used to run outreach in West End into like the new age community and we used a lot of Christianese when we prayed for people. Sorry, we didn't use Christianese <laughs> when we prayed for people because we just want to, didn't want to put people offside with religion. But as soon as they started encountering him, oh, don't you know, I was like pounding the name of Jesus, right? <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I'm good to go. I was like, let me at him. Like I don't like really doing the subtle thing anyway, but I did. And it you know, all things to all men. But it was very much like an outreach. And so then when I did Um, started the podcast, it was very much like, this is an overtly Christian, this is how you hear the voice of God, full of all the Christianese you can enjoy, all the metaphors, all the symbolism, right? It is for Christians. Anyway, and I was, right at the beginning, I was, had just released my first episode, and one of Jesse's mates at where he used to work, I was talking to him, he's a friend of ours, a beautiful man, a little bit older than me, and um, he said to me, oh, um, you know, just asking about the podcast and how's it going. And, and I said to him, 
Um, well, like, he's like, oh, should I listen to her? I said, well, of course you should listen to it, right? Um, but, like, I warned him. Like, it's very much, like, made for Christians. Like, the language is very Jesus-focused. And, and so there might be some terminology, like, you, you don't understand. And, and kind of just sort of discouraged him a little bit from it. And he said to me, oh, but everybody wants to hear the voice of God. And I realized everyone is just longing to know the one they were created for. And so when we prophesy and when we're connecting people to him, let's represent him well, shall we? By knowing who he is, by knowing who we are, that we're loved, and understanding um, how prophecy works and why it works today. Amen? Amen. Does anybody have any questions? A few. All right. I'll do my best. All right. We'll go one, two, three, and then we'll... Oh, Chris is going to come. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Just here with this lady first. Yep. Yeah. Hi. hi. Um, mine is, is, is when you have a warning, like, like God's showing you something over a place or an area or a business and that, and you know the, um, the um, business owner is a Christian... And the Lord has shown something about it, and um, and it's like a warning, mm-hmm. you know how, how you're talking about. And if they go this way, then it's going to make that place go dark. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, so it's just how do you go about like warning, or should you say anything? Because yeah. like, so, sometimes you you, you don't want to prophesy over people because you. You know what I mean? It, it yeah, just... so what do you do? If you receive a word of warning for someone else, what do you do with it? Is that the, the question? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know where that's a warning, but it's just, it, just be careful what you're do, doing because it was alignment with who you were aligning right. with, with, what God was telling you. Yeah, so I think it really depends on your relationship with the person. First and foremost, you should, should absolutely pray. Like, that's the point. The prayer informs, it's like it gives us the intelligence for... Um, for our spiritual warfare. And so you absolutely pray the prayer. You pray the prophetic word first and foremost. And so um, that's what I do in my privately every day. Even when I re- like release a word, I've spent half an hour praying it before I released it, you know. And so um, we're always hearing from the Lord for, for the benefit of others. And so in that case, I would say it would depend on the, your relationship with them. If you can have a conversation with someone without prophesying it, is even helpful. So you come alongside them as their friend and just, you know, even ask questions, be humble. Remember we learned last week to go humble, ask questions, be sincere. Conversationally is a really safe way to go because even then perhaps they might be a little bit more open to receiving you if they're not used to prophecy. And so then instead of being overwhelmed by the the way it's being delivered, they might hear the message that's trying to come through. And if, you, if they know first and foremost that you absolutely love them, um, then they're probably more um, open to receiving it. So it might be a case by case whether you actually tell them the word. But if I had a dream and it was a very specific warning for my sister, like, oh, I would absolutely tell her. You know, if it was a very literal warning... Like, hey, I don't think you should travel down this road tomorrow. I see you should go another way. You're like, great, I'll just go another way. So, and so it can be as simple as that, right? And who, who's ever felt like I should do or not do certain things or travel certain ways on a certain day? You obey the Lord. Nothing ever comes of it. I'd like to suggest nothing ever comes of it because you were obedient. Yeah. And so it's, it's really just as simple as that, I think. 
Is that all right? Awesome. Yes, my friend. Green lights on. You're talking about prophesying with people you know, mm. but with grey hair becomes um, uh, some experience of knowing a person. You can just look at someone and there's a, you can say, oh, <laughs> as a man who's 21, he's crying. So the obvious question I would say was, what did she say? And, um, there's, and then there's body language. How do you navigate through that to a stranger? Oh, that's such a great question, isn't it? Again, by being very normal. Just as you would to a friend, oh, like, you're upset, are you okay? I ran into a, a lady crying. I hopped into the car. This was a couple of years ago. We had Harry. So a couple of years ago, and the lady in the car behind me was just sobbing at her. Like, oh, Lord, like, what's my opportunity and responsibility here? And how would you have me minister to her? And sometimes it can be that people um, simply, <laughs> I'm fine, thanks. And that's as far as your responsibility goes, Right. But if they're open, I think you would love them just as you would love a friend who was upset, right? And minister to them that way. And so often when people are upset and in need, if there is a physical need to be met, like on the spot that we can take care of, like let's just take care of that right now. Let me help you. Like let me, I mean, you know, a woman with screaming babies, like let me take the baby. You, you know, like we just meet the need, right? And then actually like, I offer to pray, like, how can I pray for you today? Like, sometimes I'm like, there's no point beating around the bush. Like, just offer to help people like you'd offer to help your friend. And like, obviously, don't just take people's babies from them. Sorry, <laughs> I'll clarify that. <laughs> Sorry, I just remember, I was in a car accident a couple of years ago. Again, how and how I was a baby. And I remember like just sort of being in shock and a woman pulled over and she got my kids out of the car for me and sat with me on the side of the road. And I just remember thinking like that was all that I needed. She didn't really, she didn't say much. She just waited till the ambulance got there and then she left. <laughs> and so I think like just not being weird, just like doing what needs to be done and then just loving them. And if you get a word from them, you can pray for them and even ask, can I pray for you? Or Because um, I think you'll find that when people are in a place of need, they're very open, like, yeah, pray for me. I'll take all the help I can get. That's generally my experience if people are really in need. Um, if they're on a mission and very, very busy, sometimes they're not so keen. Um, but in, in a place of need, it's a wonderful opportunity to just minister to people and just, and just be upfront about it. Can I pray for you and pray for them? I think I also have a private question. Are okay. you open for that later? Yeah, we can talk later. Great. And then I answered your question. Excellent. Do our friends online have one, Nick? Yep. Okay, so we'll do a, a friend or two online. Hello, friends. So we have Sean asking, what's the basic difference between prophecy and the word of knowledge? Okay, Sean. So we talked about this last week, I think. Or do we talk? Oh, gosh. We did. Or was that at school? No, that was last week. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I get to talk about prophecy all the time. So word of knowledge um, is a form of prophecy. Um, Chris Vellerton actually teaches that um, a prophetic word is present future. A word of knowledge is past present. So they're two, they're two sides of the same coin. Um, and so the word of knowledge um, informs my prophetic word. And so for the present, they kind of overlap 
like two sides of one coin that overlap, right? And then I move into prophecy about the future. Yeah. Yes, Nick, another, another one. one from Lisa. Good question, Sean. Lisa asks, with rhema words, is yeah. that both the audible voice of God and a word you get from the Holy Spirit that you feel to speak out? And how common is the audible voice of God? Number one, yes. Number two, I guess it depends how frequently you hear it. <laughs> like how common is it? I guess it depends on frequency, doesn't it? I don't know if anyone has like a, a measured answer for that one. Um, I think that hearing the audible voice of God, people would say isn't as common um, as a revelation sparked by the Holy Spirit or an inward voice. However, you do hear people. Has anyone here heard the audible voice? Yeah, great. And even, I mean, it, it, the prophetic isn't limited to the audible voice of God. Like, <laughs> like, you hear things all the time, right? Has anyone heard, like, angels singing? Right, yes, or um, instruments being played? Excellent. I was reading, I told the students about it last week in Two Kings, last week about these two lepers that went out of the city because, to the Syrians because they're like, we're going to die if we stay here. We're going to die if we go to the Syrians. So we might as well risk it and go to the Syrians. And maybe they'll have mercy on us and help us. As they were approaching the Syrian camp, the Syrians began to hear sounds of chariots and they fled and they left the entire camp all the spoil, all their animals, all their chariots. At that time, Israel was in a famine. And there was no food going into the city. So maybe they were being sieged by Syrians, maybe. I don't remember now. Anyway, and so the lepers sent word to the king, and Israel came out and took all the spoil, and it fed and rescued the city. People heard trumpets and chariots and the sound of war and fled. And it was the Lord giving victory to Israel. It was awesome. So I wouldn't say it's um, probably not super common, but I also, what's the friend's name who asked the question? Lisa. 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 Lisa, I would also encourage you to feel free to pursue it, but I wouldn't, I don't think the Holy Spirit ranks his communication with us. I don't think a word that is audible is any more significant than a whisper into your heart. It's God. It's God. And I have a friend. He's wonderful. He's a Messianic Jew. And he was, um, had this encounter with the Lord. And he was actually asking the Lord these sort of questions like, oh, how did you feel about like, how do you feel about um, an audible word? Or how do you feel when someone gets a picture? Or how do you feel when someone gets like revelation? Like he was actually asking the Lord, like, what's better? Like ranking, almost ranking the encounters. And the Lord, do you know what the Lord said? This was good for you, Lisa. You'll enjoy this. The Lord said, to me, they were all face to face. It's the intimacy we're invited into. So I'd even encourage you, encounters are great. Different experiences of the prophetic with the Lord are wonderful, and I love them, and I'm all for them. Variety is the spice of life. Um, but we don't pursue an encounter for the sake of an encounter, and we don't pursue experiencing God a certain way so we can wear it like a badge. Just knowing that the fellowship of friendship with God is worth giving everything for, and, um, and what a joy to hear Him however it comes. Amen? Amen. Any other questions? Yes, Jennifer. 
giving the warning to um, maybe someone who you would consider of a higher rank or level in the kingdom, um, just to write it down if you felt the Lord was putting it on your heart, I guess, like, yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, you could do, you could do that. I mean, you can always submit a word if you feel like you'd like to even a warning one to a leader. It's a great idea. Yep, you can pray the word, release the word. Ask the, do you know what you could do? Ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom and ask him to tell you what to do with the word. Another opportunity to hear. And I'd encourage you just to go, like, the warning dreams for me, they're not frequent. Like, I'm not, like, on the lookout for warnings. Do you know what I mean? This is just to sort of help you. What do I do with them if they come up? Um, It's 99.9% of everything I do is edification, exhortation, and comfort, according to 1 Corinthians. And so I remind you again to pursue love and eagerly desire the gift of the Spirit, especially that you would prophesy. Amen. All right, Vanita, one quick one, cheeky one, and then we'll get rocking and rolling. Okay. Um, it might take us down a bit of a tangent. So if it's not okay, then, or if you're going to cover it next week. Is it about today's topic? Um, yes. Okay. Okay. Right. So um, what do... Um, so if, you've, if you feel that you've been given a word for a church community mm-hmm. and it's been blocked mm-hmm. or it hasn't been released, you haven't been able yep. to release it, um, can you release it to another church community? Like a blessing word? Can you release it to another group? If that's like a bit out there, but I just want to... It's not out there. Um, I think that if the Lord gives you a word for a particular house, it's for the particular house. And if you've submitted it to the authority of the house and they're like, no thanks, then you've done all that the Lord asked of you and your responsibilities now, you're relieved of it. That's what I think. Like the Lord's a perfect gentleman. He never forces himself on anyone. Um, And so if someone doesn't want you to pray for them, great. That's fine. And I mean, and if, and if our word's not about us, it's, it's also fine. You know, like, of course, I've had experiences where you're like, sorry, we don't have time for your word today. It's like, cool. Like, I'll just release it in my bedroom. Like, you can still release it over them. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can still go to war with the word. What I found at times when if I've received a word and haven't had an opportunity to release it and I'm still under the weight of the burden of the word, I'm surprised that when the Lord gives me opportunity to still release it. It's amazing. I mean, I do it in, then I would do it in private. I know because it actually affects me physically and so it's actually uncomfortable. Um, and so that, but that's fine because prophecy is subject to the prophet. So I'm in control of me. I'm in control of the word. I don't have to give my word. Um, and so, and he gives me grace to carry it until I'm able to go to war and enjoy the Holy Spirit and release it in the place of intimacy. And then if I have the opportunity to release it for a particular house or people, um, what a joy. Amen. Well, good job, everybody. We'll turn a few more lights on if that's okay. I feel like a little bit, it's a little bit dark this evening um, because we're going to do our activation. So I might explain it um, before. Are they, are they still with us, Harry, our online friends? You're with me. Awesome. Um, it's good to have you here. So what we're going to do tonight, I'm going to explain it to you and then Nick and Sarah will explain the other Sarah further um, what we're doing tonight. But tonight we're doing rainbow prophecy. 
and it's one of my favourites um, because we're just praying the promise of God over one another. And um, you're also, you're actually giving, be, giving one another the intel. And so we're going to have a, a really fun time with this. This one takes a little bit more time. Um, so get comfortable, um, get a voice recorder out and we'll go from there. So let me pray for everyone before we break up Harry and then we'll get into the activations. So Father, I thank you, Jesus. Ah. Oh. That you are good. I thank you, Lord, again, that you're here. And we ask, Holy Spirit, for the spirit of prophecy, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you're just activating, again, the gift of God within us, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, Lord, that um, we prophesy by faith. So I thank you for great faith tonight, for boldness, for courage, Lord. I thank you that faith pleases God. And I thank you for each one here, Lord, that are pleasing your holy heart by their faith tonight. God, I ask Jesus just for wonderful insight and understanding from your Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you that you are for them. And if God is for us, who can be against you? But I thank you all the more, Lord, that you have made your Holy Spirit available to us through the power of the cross. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that in you we live and move and have our being. And I thank you that the Holy Spirit of God dwells within us. And so we thank you for that great well that we can draw upon this evening. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. God bless you, friends online. Wonderful. So, like I said tonight, we're going to do Rainbow Prophecy. And it's, it, it is a really good one. School and it night takes a little too. bit of time because uh, we're crazy. Sorry we uh, weren't with you <laughs> earlier on. We just had some technical difficulties. But we're here with you now. My name is Nick and I'm here with Sarah. Uh, not Sarah Cheeseman, another Sarah. Very capable prophet as well. And, um, yeah, we're going to uh, take you through some activations for tonight. Hand it over to you, Sarah. Okay, so tonight we're going to do uh, Rainbow Prophecy. So if you're in a bigger group, um, we'll just get you to jump into groups of two. Then we're going to take turns sharing a promise from God that you're currently believing. Um, and then everyone else in the group will take turns to pray, come into agreement and prophesy um, as the Lord leads. Um, and so for individuals, uh, we just want you to identify three other close friends or family um, whom you know they have a promise and are believing for breakthrough with. Um, you can pray for them, ask the Lord for a word for them, and then um, send it to them if you're able to. Um, so we might start by sharing our own. So for me, um, I have a family member um, that needs healing at the moment. So, and I would just really love to, yeah, just see more healing um, in my own life and, um, yeah, be able to just, I mean, I have faith, but be able to see that, see them fully healed would just be amazing. So that's something that I'm believing for. All right, well, let's pray for you then. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for Sarah, and I thank you for the call of God on her life to minister your healing, Father. And I thank you for family members and people that she doesn't know that she comes across in the street, Lord, getting healed by the touch and the power of the Lord that flows through her. Thank you, Lord. It is your will to heal, Father. We don't have to be in doubt about that. And right now we just release healing over Sarah's family, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness. And um, thank you, Lord, that uh, signs, wonders and miracles flow freely through Sarah because she has the fullness of God in her, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, 
a um, promise that I'm believing for to come to pass is uh, salvation in my family and also um, just that my family members would uh, become on fire for the Lord, the ones that aren't saved, and stir up just a hunger in all of us just to go harder after the Lord. So, um, yeah. All right, let's pray for that. Yeah, thank you, Father. Lord, yeah, I just thank you for contagious fire just to be spread through Nick, through um, his family members that maybe don't yet know your heart fully for them yet, Father. Mm, Just thank you for that right now. Yeah, and yeah, I feel like, Nick, I, I actually see you sort of starting fires, you know, and then it becoming like wildfire. Yeah, so we just bless that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for the model that um, Nick is being for his family and loved ones already. We just, yeah, thank you for that wildfire starting in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. All right. Now, it's your turn. So if you're in a larger group, please jump into pairs now. And um, what we'll do is we'll have a minute and a half um, each, so a minute and a half to share what your promise is. So it can be as um, broad or personal as you like. Um, But yeah, so we'll give you a minute and a half to share the promise and then a minute and a half for the other person to pray or prophesy over you. And then we'll swap partners and we'll do it all again. So... We'll start the clock now. All right, 10 seconds and then change. All right, change, uh, sorry, don't change your partner, but um, let the other person um, pray and prophesy for you.
have 10 seconds left. All right. Swap over partners and ask uh, the person what uh, they would like, what the promise is that they're believing for. And we'll start the clock now. Ten seconds. All right. Now, your turn to pray and prophesy over that person. Ready? Ten seconds left, guys. All right. Thank you all for um, just being so willing to just jump in and, um, yeah, practice the prophetic with us tonight. Um, I'll hand you over to Sarah and she can tell us what's coming up next week. So next week we have um, a treat. We have Pastor James Graham. He'll be um, teaching us how to hear the voice of God. 
Um, and it might sound a little um, basic, but um, he just carries such a depth in his walk with the Lord. Um, so he just guaranteed to get something out of that lesson and just what he carries. Um, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Pastor James is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, highly recommend. 10 out of 10. Come back next week. Um, so encourage you to practice the prophetic again this week. So the awesome thing about doing online, Sarah, is that you can press pause and rewind anytime you want. So if you want to do the activation again, if you want to change partners, if you're in a massive group, whatever, feel free to do that and um, keep practicing. But keep practicing through the week. And um, we here at Glory City Church just want you to know that we love you. And we count it a privilege to be able to um, bring this content to you. Um, and thank you for your love for us. And um, yeah, we just just pray for just an increase in revelation. And Lord, we just thank you for the for the week ahead. I thank you for divine appointments, Father. I thank you for opportunities to practice. And I thank you, Lord, for hearing you in new ways. And um, I thank you, Lord, for just going, for us all going deeper on this love journey to know you better, Lord, in Jesus' name. We love you all, and um, we'll see you next week. Be blessed.